Welcome to Kings River Life's Mystery Rats Maze podcast, where we share with you mystery short stories and first chapters of mystery novels read by local actors. This episode features the first chapter of Slightly Murderous Intent by Lita Sedaris. It's read by local actor Casey Ballard. This is the second time a book from this series has been featured here. Slightly Murderous Intent was published in October of 2020 by Level Best Books. If you would like to help support this podcast, listen for details in the closing of this episode on how to become a patron and get some fun perks. And now, here's the author herself, Lita Sedaris, to introduce today's podcast. Rookie lawyer Corey Locke is the heroine in Slightly Murderous Intent, number four in my Southern California mystery series. The daughter of a well-known Los Angeles private investigator, Corey is flexing her PI skills on her own and without supervision. In this episode, a small dinner celebration turns into a hunt for a shooter who keeps missing his target. It's up to Corey to find the gunman before he hits his mark. The last of my patients dripped onto the concrete floor beneath my feet. My fists clenched, my jaw tightened, and my stomach rumbled like the start of an avalanche. I'd officially reached the cracking point. Today was V-Day for us. Victory with a big fat V. Los Angeles Senior Deputy District Attorney Bruce Beckman stood at the head of our table, arms raised high. The first two fingers of each hand formed a V. Meanwhile, everyone's dinner sat in front of them. Everyone's, that is, but mine. All I had was an empty plate and an empty stomach. Where's our server? I whispered. The beachside diner was packed. Did they run out of food? Beckman dropped his pose and glared at me so fiercely my cheeks glowed from the heat. Sorry, I mumbled. What did he expect? His mac and cheese was half eaten. I licked my lips. The case came close to swinging in the opposite direction, Beckman continued. But it didn't. Know why? A hand shot up from the small, wiry guy sitting across from me. DA investigator Ramsey had squinty eyes, little ears, and a short neck that belonged on a ground squirrel. Beckman scowled at Ramsey until his arms slunk down. We couldn't have won today's trial without this guy. Beckman gestured toward the deputy DA sitting next to him. I half stood and peered past the other diners. No sign of our server. Slacker, I mumbled. I slammed my napkin down beside my plate. Have some of mine, Michael whispered. Please, Corey. If anyone else had offered, I would have cleaned his plate in 30 seconds. At least half of it, anyway. But Michael was my oldest friend slash newest boyfriend, and I loved him dearly, from his dark floppy hair to the Chuck Taylors on his feet. We sat in a crowded hipster restaurant in Santa Monica, a hop, skip, and a jump from the sparkling Pacific Ocean. Michael had barely touched his burger, waiting on my dinner with me. His stomach growled right alongside mine. Obviously, I picked the right man for the job, Beckman said, and gave him a few tips. (laughs) Quite a few, actually, (laughs) he chuckled. Weak laughter trickled around the table, followed by a groan. Did that come from me? Beckman shot me his signature scowl. 
I managed a shadow of an apology and his attention returned to the man on his left. My hunger pangs took a brief hike while I assessed the object of Beckman's praise. Assistant Deputy DA James Zachary flashed a grin. He was a sight for sore eyes, or any eyes for that matter. His deep dish dimples caused female passers-by to slow down in appreciation. Tall, athletic, and brawny, James was devilishly handsome. Thanks to James, Beckman continued, defense counsel didn't stand a chance. Cheers erupted. I clapped and wriggled around in my seat. My stomach rumblings grew even louder. That's what happened when my last meal was breakfast. I'll be back, I whispered to Michael and shoved away my chair. We sat around a table of five. Three of us were members of the world's oldest profession. The oldest after. Toolmakers, farmers, the military, and doctors. We were lawyers. I was the only lawyer unaffiliated with the DA's office. Wait, Michael took my hand. Michael Paris wasn't a lawyer, but he was the associate dean of the computer science department of a private tech college near downtown L.A. The other non-lawyer was Investigator Ramsey. We had gathered together tonight to celebrate with James, Michael's other bestie, and my one-time high school crush. Michael's lips were moving, but Shouting voices, clanging dinner plates, and background music swallowed up his next words. What? I leaned in closer, sniffing a sweet combo of sandalwood and fresh laundry that made my empty insides tingle. He wiped his mouth on a napkin and said, Stay here. I'll go to the kitchen. Help yourself to my burger while you wait. I promise I won't return empty-handed. No, you stay. I want to make sure they get my order right. I touched his shoulder. Be back soon. We locked stairs and his hazel eyes softened. Two minutes. If you're not back, I'm coming after you. I'd insisted my table mates eat without me, figuring my meal was on its way. Fifteen minutes ago. I aimed for the kitchen, waiting sideways between packed tables when I bumped into our server. She tried to push past, but I blocked the way. Um, I'm still waiting, I told her. No, you're not, she said. You got served? Mm, crispy chicken sandwich with spicy slaw and chili cheese fries. Hold the onions. It's, it's not on our table. I pointed my thumb over my shoulder. I brought all the orders out personally. Not mine. You want to talk to the manager? I demand to talk to the manager. She tipped her head and pitched it to one side. Big Sam's up front by the cashier. I moved out of her path and she hustled past. I continued my sideways trek filing between chairs and dodging scurrying servers. I paused by a table. A couple was engaged in a cozy tete-a-tete, ignoring the grilled turkey clubs sitting in front of them. I debated reaching across to grab some cheesy fries, but uh, decided against it. It was stop and go all the way to the front. Nearly closing time, and the place was still hopping. I slowed and looked back at the kitchen. Maybe I'd get somewhere if I talked to the cook. I was about to swivel around when I spotted a manager type, a stocky guy with a shaved head and goatee chatting up a group of wannabe diners near the bar. He wore a short-sleeved floral print shirt over jeans, muscle-bound with a wide stance. He looked like he could hold his own in a wrestling match. I headed for him and waited behind the blonde hostess. The cash register drawer popped open with a ping. 
She plucked wads of bills from beneath the drawer and shoved them into a vinyl bank bag. Excuse me, I said. She jumped and turned to me, zipping up the bag and pushing it behind her. Yeah? Long bangs stabbed at her eyes. I pitched my chin toward the stocky guy. That the manager? He owns the place, Big Sam Neely. Her attention went back to the bag. She unzipped it and continued stuffing bills inside. I navigated closer to Big Sam and leaned against a pillar, waiting for a chance to butt into the conversation. Meanwhile, a lanky dude in a dark gray hoodie and faded jeans edged his way inside. His clothes were baggy. His hood was up and over his head. Only his nose, mouth, and tinted shades were visible. Sunglasses at night weren't unusual in L.A. I stared out at the room. A couple of diners wore shades. The guy in the hoodie flitted past me. On close inspection, he looked like he'd seen better days. His dry skin belonged on a lizard, and veins popped out of the backs of his hands. He threw out his anchor near the hostess. My heartbeat quickened. The cash drawer still gaped open. I elbowed my way back toward him, half expecting the guy's hand to dart out and grab the bank bag, but he ignored the money. Instead, he eased forward and stared out toward the back of the diner. My gaze dropped to the lower left side of his jacket. The bottom edge had latched onto the large violin-shaped leaf of an ornamental ficus, exposing the top of his jeans. My heart hammered against my chest. The grip of a revolver stuck out of his pocket. His fingers reached for the gun seconds after I hurled myself forward, arms extended aiming for his waist. I had to knock him off his feet and grab the revolver. I missed on both counts and landed with a thud behind him. He raised his gun. I'd barely stumbled to my feet before he fired a shot. The rest of the scene unfolded in slow motion. The guy whirled around, dashing for the exit. I dove for him again when he streaked past. This time, my fingers locked around his ankle. He kicked out and stumbled forward, dragging me along until I lost my grip. He catapulted out the front door and into the night. This reading of Slightly Murderous Intent was produced by Kings River Life and directed by Lori Lewis Ham. You can learn more about the author on her website, litasideris.com. If you'd like to help us be able to continue to bring you more mystery fun, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash kingsriverlife. Even $1 a month can make a difference, and we could really use your support. Watch for even more great perks coming soon for our patrons. We also have some cool merchandise available on Redbubble. Check out the show notes for the link and for the links to our websites and social media. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode and subscribe to our podcast newsletter for bonus content. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate or review it, as this helps make us easier for others to find. And, of course, be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, this is your announcer wishing you a life full of mystery. Mystery.